This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Strapp welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 27th. We are a few weeks away from the NBA draft. We've just found out, we think, less than a couple months away from the start of the season. We'll talk about that in a second. Today on the show, we have a little something for you called the All Load Management Team. A lot of uh, fun with players who don't play basketball. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to get into that in just a second. First, I'm going to welcome in my co-host, Steve Alexander. Steve, what's the latest? Well, it sounds like we have a general idea of when the season might start. Um, my golf game is not getting any better. It might be getting worse. The more I play, I think the worse I get. And that's that's about all I got going on. I haven't played golf in like four, four-ish weeks, and I'm scared to get back out there. But sometimes, you know, the layoff is good. Like you said, Steve, sometimes you, you play so much, you discover new bad habits. <laughs> So, yeah, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he's like, I said, man, I'm just, I'm not getting any better. He's like, well, do you ever go out and just practice? And I was like, no. <laughs> he's uh, like, oh, yeah, so you're, yeah. just, you're just doing the same stuff wrong over and over again and getting better at doing it wrong. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I know. It's hard to actually practice. Practice? <laughs> uh, so so as we both alluded to now, Shams Charania of The Athletic reports that the NBA is targeting a season start of December 22nd with a season of 72 games. And Steve, that's soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's like seven, seven-ish weeks away. Less than two months. Yeah, and we like to put the, uh, we like to publish the draft guide six weeks before the season starts. So oh, is it done yet? So is it done yet? We got to publish. No. You got like four days left. So I would give our our target date of like November 7th, which is not going to happen because the draft hasn't happened. Free agency has not happened yet. But we are shooting for sometime right around NBA draft day, which is November 18th. So my golf game is about ready to get put on the shelf, and my NBA writing game is about ready to (laughs) – ready to get back into full swing. Me and the rest of the crew have got a lot of work to do in the next couple weeks. So, yeah, I'm glad I only make like a cameo draft guide guy, you know, I'll they'll, you guys will throw me like one thing to do sometimes in the draft guide. It's nice to, I should probably just stop talking right now. <laughs> yeah. Round ball, round ball stew, man. It's, it's been there forever. Like this is like year 12, maybe of round ball stew. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I was starting to say I'm glad I, I don't have to do the heavy lifting of the draft guide. But then I realized, don't talk about being glad you don't have to do the heavy lifting to someone who's doing the heavy lifting. That's very rude. Well, someone hasn't done the heavy lifting lifting yet, so I, it, it's okay. It's, it's all right. Okay. Okay. Well, so anyways, as you said, the draft is on November 18th. We're going to have some NBA draft 
preview content of some kind here on the podcast before that. We're also, we think, going to have NBA free agency in between now and then. So a wild few weeks ahead. But at the moment, things are strangely eerily quiet right now. So what we have prepared, and I use that word loosely, is the all load management team. This is an idea that Steve, you and I have been talking about for days, if not weeks, here on the podcast. Looking at, could you draft a feasible, competitive fantasy team taking only load management guys? I have probably snuck a few just injury-prone guys onto this list. (laughs) But we'll call it the all-load management, injury-prone team, slash mostly load management. And Steve, I think you and I both are in agreement where this has to start. The name you've got to be taking in the first round. If the godfather. If you're reckless enough to take on this strategy is Kawhi Leonard. The godfather of load management. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there's no... We, we'll get into some debate, I'm sure, but there's just there is just none here. I mean, he was fourth overall, including the restart in Orlando, the regular season games. 27.1 points, 7.1 boards, 4.9 dimes, 1.8 steals, 0.6 blocks, 2.23s, missed 15 games. I mean, that's how you do it right there. If you're going to start a load management-oriented team, you have to start with Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely. And I think the second pick is where you could get into some debate. Now, the first name that I wrote down was Joel Embiid, and I think that's who you and I were both originally imagining going second here. Are you gonna are you gonna slide Jimmy Butler in there instead? You know, I had it's funny, I didn't put Jimmy Butler on the list. The the other three names I think you can debate if you have a chance to take them with your second pick would be one would be Kyrie Irving. Only played 20 games last season, was a first round guy, went healthy, fantastic point guard numbers when he played 27.4 points, 5.2 boards, 6.4 assists. 1.4 steals, 0.5 blocks, 2.83s. I think the case against taking Kyrie here is you've already drafted Kawhi Leonard. You've got to get some big man stats. So I think that's why I'm looking at Embiid still. Missed 21 games, 23 points, nearly 12 boards, three dimes, 0.9 steals, 1.3 blocks, 1.1 three-pointers. He was 24th overall in per-game value, according to basketballmonster.com. That's not ideal, but we have seen Embiid be closer to a top 12, top 10 guy. So you take him, you hope he bounces back, I think, and only misses 15 games somehow. And now you've got two guys on your team who are going to rack up massive stats when they play. And it's also possible that they never play on the same night together. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the entire season. (laughs) That would mean things have gone spectacularly wrong. (laughs) You'd have to. That's amazing. So that seems like a pretty clear way to start. I think the other two names, in addition to Kyrie, that you could consider, if somehow Steph Curry, let's say you're picking, you know, in the 10 range, let's say in a 10 or 12 team league, Steph Curry falls to you and you can somehow get Steph and Kawhi. I think that's a pretty exciting approach, too. Even though Steph has previously been pretty clear that he is not a fan of load management. I mean, he only played five games last year, so you could easily see it happening. So that's an option. And then the other name to consider, Steve, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he missed 10 games last year, but he's he's not really yet a full-blown load management guy. And the other thing about drafting a load management team, and this is really important, we haven't talked about this, you cannot punt a category. You're already punting health. 
and games played in this case. You cannot punt free throws. So Giannis, whether you think he's a load management guy or not, is off the table for me. Well, and also something that I think is important to address right here. We're not recommending that someone go out and try to draft an all-load management team, right? Well, I would say yes, we are. (laughs) But we're recommending do it in a league where, let's say, there's not a lot of money on the line. (laughs) Do it in like a league, you know, you're playing – in your office league that you've won five years in a row. Right, do it in a league you already dominate and you're bored. You're bored with. You're taking a victory lap and you can even say, you know what, I am so sick of just destroying all of you. I'm going to switch up this strategy and try to make it exciting and this is what I'm going to do this year. So, I would, yeah, I would say take a super arrogant victory lap if you're doing this, but don't do this if you really want to win your league. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think. Let's evaluate it at the end. Okay. So, we, we're in Pretty much in, in agreement on Kawhi and Embiid, right, Steve? Yes. About that? Yes. Okay. And I think that's a realistic one-two to, to be able to get if you really wanted to. So number three, I think, is where it gets interesting. And I I have slotted in one Kristaps Porzingis here. I know you're going to be excited about that. He was a top 15 guy when he played this year. 20.4 points, 9.5 boards, 0.7 steals, 2.0 blocks, 2.5 threes, the rare two-plus threes and blocks, which is just monstrous. Of course, he just had knee surgery for a lateral meniscus injury a few weeks ago. So I think load management is going to be in full effect for Porzingis, which makes him just a beautiful option with your third round pick. (laughs) Is the third round too early for Porzingis? I think that's a very fair question. But as you'll find, as I continue to rattle off my proposed names, I don't know that there's an obvious third rounder here. I mean, I guess is Kyrie some I don't think Kyrie's gonna fall that far, right? I think Kyrie's uh, going I, in the second round. He she should go in the second round, but I, I could see some leagues where he might drop to three. But well if somehow that happened and yeah, I mean you take him over Porzingis and you slide everyone down one round. But yeah. but again, the reason I put Porzingis here is he was a fir- borderline first round guy when he played. So if you can get that in the third round, I mean he was better than Embiid on a per game basis. But I put Porzingis after Embiid because I think that you can get him after Embiid pretty easily. Just hearing these names, Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid and Kristaps Porzingis, like the only thing I can really, really see is uh, DNP CD. Yeah, well, we're going to get to into some of the subs and reserve players that you're going to want to have if you draft these guys a little bit later on. The fourth round pick or around the fourth round is where it starts to get even more tough. But I think you have to strongly consider Kemba Walker, 45th overall, according to Basketball Monster. So you know what you're getting here. Missed, I believe, 16 games, but was good in the playoffs. Nearly 20 points per game, 19.6. 4.1 boards, 5.1 assists, 0.9 steals, 2.33 pointers for Kemba. Any objections there? Uh, I'm probably not drafting Kemba this year, but in a load management draft, the fourth round sounds right. If you have two of these players in a regular draft in the first four rounds, something's gone horribly wrong for you, I'd say. If you have one of these guys, I think you potentially are, are okay. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> anyways. Okay, so now number five. This is where I'm wondering if I can sneak in LaMarcus Aldridge, Steve. Now, Ooh. again, we don't really think of him as a load management guy per se, but I'm going to kind of sneak in the injury-prone old caveat here 
He's coming off shoulder surgery, missed 10 games this past season. He's now 35 years old, but was still a top 25 fantasy guy this past season. The number is 18.9 points, 7.4 rebounds, 0.7 steals, 1.6 blocks, and 1.2 threes. Those threes and blocks are a career high somehow for Aldridge that he achieved in his mid-30s, which is just amazing. So again, he may qualify more for the old guy squad than the load management team, which and I think we do have to draft an old guy squad for an upcoming episode. But again, I mean, if age 35 doesn't qualify you as a load management risk, I don't know what does. So I think Aldridge is potentially a fantastic guy to take right around here. Well, and let's keep in mind that Kawhi Leonard's coach when he became the face of load management was Greg Popovich. And Greg Popovich, at least last time I checked, was was coaching the Spurs still and and was going to be LaMarcus Aldridge's coach again. But and and Aldridge is coming off a major surgery. He's 35. I mean, he I think he's more load management than he is even old guy team at this point because they're going to baby him and just try to get to the playoffs. You know, we could also just call this the bad idea team. I mean, that's in some ways, that's what this is. Number six on the list, Steve, I've got Draymond Green. He was 87th overall last year in nine category leagues, which is bad. That's not what we're looking for with our six round pick. Only played 43 games, though. So that's good. <laughs> that's good for what we're trying to do here. But seriously, with the Warriors hopefully getting better. You can maybe get Draymond somewhere around here. He's just one season removed from being a top 60 guy. He was top 30-ish the year before that. And uh, we never said that this experiment was going to work. There are going to have to be some difficult choices, some gambles. But you also have to think about categories. And Draymond Green is going to help you in assists. He is going to get some steals and blocks. So I think I this is, this is the guy here in the middle of the draft. Was there any player more frustrating last year than Draymond Green? I don't did you own Draymond Green? Uh, I did not draft Draymond anywhere. I was offered him 625 times by Jared Johnson in the Roto World Staff League, I believe. Dude, that's awesome, because that's what I was going to say. I think my memory of Draymond Green last year was Jared Johnson trying to trade him. That's, I mean, he was, came on this podcast and did a seven-minute sales pitch on Draymond Green, why he's such a fantastic fantasy value, in order to try to trade him to me. (laughs) It didn't work. All right, so Draymond Green, you know what pairs nicely with a a vintage Draymond Green is, is, can I interest you in a Kevin Love, Steve? (laughs) This is where where things really, the sledding gets tough. The sledding is getting tough here. I I think Kevin Love was like a 20... Point eighteen rebound, three-point hey, shooting Godzilla. Listen to this, okay? Before you just go slamming Kevin Love, he was 57th overall when he played this season. 17.6 points, 9.8 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and 2.6 three-pointers. We won't talk about his defensive stats, but let's just say his combined steals and blocks are less than one per game, and we don't need to say anything more about that. You might start to think, hey, wait, isn't Kevin Love like in a contract year now? So he's extra motivated. No, he has three years and 90 million left on his current contract. So that's off the table. But again, those numbers are pretty good for a guy who you can maybe get in the, I don't know. Are you getting him in the seventh, seventh round of this thing? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe later. I don't, I don't know. I, I like the way you slipped it in there. So casually, uh, 
you know, the 57th overall player when he played. And uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> how many games did Kevin Love play in last year? Do we know? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we know. I think it was 50 something. We have that information available. Kevin Love. 56. 56 games, 57th overall player. Just feel that synergy. There, there's a lot of synergy there. Uh, one thing that's interesting is this, uh, you know, Shams is reporting that, that the new season is only going to be 72 games instead of 82 games. You chop 10 games out of the mix that divvies up the schedule a little bit, maybe an extra day off here or there for some of these guys. Maybe they only miss 10 games instead of 15 or 20. That's a really, that's a really interesting point, Steve. Yeah. Thank you for so. bringing that up. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this really is the year to do this thing. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not. Don't do it. So, uh, next up, Steve, I've got Danilo Gallinari. And you knew this name was coming. Now, he wasn't a huge load management guy, actually, but did miss 10 games. Everyone certainly thinks of him as fragile, but he was 64th overall, according to basketballmonster.com. 18.7 points, 5.2 rebounds, 2.93 pointers. He's 32 years old. Well, I mean, the fact he only missed 10 games last year was a was a big bonus. And actually, if you owned Gallinari last year, he was just one of those guys you plug into your lineup and kind of let him rip and not worry about him. And he, he wasn't going to win you a championship, but he wasn't going to hurt you anywhere. Having said all that, I don't trust him to miss fewer than 10 games ever. In fact, I'd be surprised if he doesn't miss 15 or 20. Well, it would be a disappointment if he didn't miss that many. On this on this roster, Steve, I've, the next name I've got is maybe more injury prone recently than load management. But you can certainly imagine this guy being on some sort of load management regimen this coming up season. The name, of course, is Otto Porter coming off a season where he only played 14 games. Notably, he has a player option of twenty eight point five million this upcoming season. So some motivation in a contract year. He has been a top 20 guy before in fantasy. So I think, actually, jokes aside, if you can get Otto Porter somewhere in this range, we're talking, you know, eighth, ninth round, potentially. I think that's possibly a a wonderful gamble to take. Yeah, I mean, he should be primed for a bounce back season this year because last year was a lost cause. So I kind of like taking a gamble on OPJ in the later rounds. I mean, at this point in a draft, you also would have no issues dropping him if it went wrong, you know? So you're not, you're not that invested to where you get 10 games in. It's like, Oh, this is the same old auto Porter, auto Porter jr. Nothing has changed. You drop him. So it's fine. The same is true for the next guy on the list. You knew we were going to get to Derek Rose eventually, Steve, who quietly was a borderline top 100 guy in nine category leagues last season, 18.1 points, 5.6 5.6 dimes, 0.8 steals, 0.93 pointers. He's not a real difference maker in fantasy, but when he's playing, he does not wreck your squad. Completely serviceable at this stage of his career. <laughs> and I wouldn't recommend drafting him unless you're drafting this team, in which case you got to have him. Yeah, my son has this weird thing about Derrick Rose, too. He's always talking to me about Derrick Rose. Derrick <laughs> more Rose than, more than Dave Lillard or, or less? Oh, he he likes Derrick Rose. Oh, he does okay. not like Dame Lillard. Uh, huh. So yeah, he he's always, he's, but he did, he wasn't old enough to really watch Derrick Rose play. I think uh-huh. he's heard some of the stories about him, but he 
he always seems to be kind of obsessed with what is Derrick Rose doing? Is he good again? Is Derrick Rose good again now? And uh, I, even in a load management league, I, or draft or whatever, and Derrick Rose is tough. Um, a load management league would be amazing. You can only... <laughs> <laughs> the the commissioner designates what players are load management prone, and you can only have those players on your roster. You have to be like a three man league. It, it's, yeah, it's a three team league. That's what I was gonna say. So, Steve, that's uh, that's how many players I have there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Conveniently, we have about ten players there. So, there's your borderline starting lineup. There are some backup players. I think you have to have on this squad, and in no particular order, I'll throw at you. Lou Williams, Steve. I crunched some numbers here. He played in 13 games without Kawhi Leonard this past season. And in those games, Sweet Lou averaged 22.0 points, 7.1 dimes, and 1.53 pointers. You can obviously start him regardless, but he's absolutely a must-have if you're drafting Kawhi. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie, assuming he is still in Brooklyn and not traded, if you end up with Kyrie Irving, is also an absolute must. We saw that last year. Dinwiddie obviously just completely goes off when Kyrie doesn't play. You pair them together. You don't have exactly Kyrie's production when Kyrie is out, but you have at least some semblance of it. Yeah, Dinwiddie's, Dinwiddie's good, man. Whenever he's starting, he's a good player. Dinwiddie was a weird fantasy player, though, this past year, I will say playing a lot of the season without Kyrie Irving, he averaged 20.6 points per game, 6.8 assists, and 1.93 pointers. And you say to yourself, wow, that, that guy's a really good fantasy player. But then you mix in, he shot just 41.5% from the field, just 0.6 steals, which is terrible for a point guard. And somehow Steve Dinwiddie was like a top 150 fantasy guy overall, which is bad, but look, anyone who's averaging 21 points and 7 assists and two three-pointers is worth starting in fantasy. It's just it's worth noting that there are some weird loopholes Holes, to, his, yeah. to his stat line. And I felt like he was better uh, the previous season than he was last year. Yeah, and hold on. Let me just pull out. What's his career steals per game? Well, nope, that's about it. 0.7 for his career, 0.6. So I think that's just more or less what you get with the steals. He, he, he did shoot better, though. I will say the previous year, 44.2% from the field. So he did have a bad shooting year this past year. But let's move on to the next player on the must-have sub-slash-reserve list. And I would say this guy actually is someone who I would draft much earlier in the draft, well before the likes of Otto Porter and Derrick Rose. So we're a little out of order here, but that name is Marcus Smart. Smart played in 13 games without Kemba Walker this past season and averaged 16.5 points, 3.9 rebounds, 5.8 assists, 2.6 steals, 0.6 blocks, and 2.83 pointers. Those are monster fantasy numbers with no Kemba Walker. And Marcus Smart, regardless, was a top 60-ish player in nine-category leagues this past year. So really, if we're being realistic, I think you're taking Marcus Smart. Well, that's the thing. Can you do that, though, Steve? He's not really a load management guy. But you need you need some you need some you backups, know, some so, plugs yeah. to fill the holes. Yeah, Marcus Smart is a perfect case for this team because he goes off when Kemba's out, and he's pretty good regardless. So yeah, got to have Marcus Smart in the middle rounds. And then the last name I'm going to throw out there is Al Horford. Steve Joel Embiid missed 21 games. Horford played in 20 of those this past season. His numbers: 15.3 points, 7.2 rebounds, 
4.8 assists, 1.0 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.8 threes. Horford is old. He's got a horrible contract, but I think there's a pretty good chance that when Embiid is not on the court, he's going to be good. Uh, yeah. I like the end of this draft where you've got these guys' backups ready to be slotted in. If you draft Joel Embiid, you really should draft Al Horford. If you draft Kemba, you really should draft Marcus Smart, et cetera, Kyrie and, and Dinwiddie. It's pretty cool. Um, I mean, arguably. Cool thing you did only, there at the end. Arguably the only part of this whole thing that had any value. <laughs> <laughs> and what about, uh, I, I noticed that Jimmy Butler was not, anywhere in your list today and also what about kevin durant is he a load management guy that's a really really good really good question i just think of jimmy for better or for worse as more of an injury injury prone injury prone guy or yeah like prone to missing games but again if you didn't have Kawhi first who has kind of a similar set of stats to jimmy butler in that it's strong on you know assists steals all of that stuff, points. Right. You know, you could argue again for Butler over Embiid if you're just looking at guys who might miss games. And as for Durant, I wouldn't shock me if he's a load management guy coming back from the Achilles. But then again, it's been so long. It's been when the season starts, it will have been a year and a half. True. So he may be good to go. I just I don't know what that what that regime is going to be like, what the Steve Nash regime is going to be like. Weird to say that, isn't it? We've seen, yeah, it is very weird. It's we've seen players come back from Achilles injuries like that, where it, it used to be just a devastating injury where you're kind of done. Uh, but with technology and everything, it seems like he seems like he should be back at full speed and rolling right through the season from the get go. But we'll have to see how that goes. I think there's a pretty good chance that if Kevin Durant is there at the end of the first round of drafts, I'm going to have a hard time passing on him. And I'm immediately going to be nervous about my teams. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But the upside is obviously monstrous. I think as I sit here thinking about it, though, I hope I don't start any of my fantasy squads that way. Yeah, I really don't want to start any of my fantasy teams uh, with any of the guys we talked about today. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. I mean, on this list, the people I would be excited about drafting just in a vacuum, I would say include Marcus Smart. Maybe Otto Porter as a later round flyer. I think I can talk myself into Porzingis at some point, but probably not in the third round. Probably not in the third. Yeah, that's really it. I'm not drafting Draymond Green or Kevin Love anywhere. I just want to be clear about that. I'm probably not. <laughs> I'm probably not drafting. Kev, I'm probably not drafting Kemba Walker anywhere. Yeah, this team is a really bad idea. But again, there's something to take away from it. Mainly, I do think Joel Embiid is a lot more reasonable if you know you can get Horford, for example. Yeah. I, I like that I like that strategy a lot more, honestly. You gotta use two roster spots. It's the insurance play, but I like that. And again, Kemba and Marcus Smart's not bad. I don't feel as good about Kyrie and Dinwiddie. Kawhi and Lou Williams isn't horrible. So yeah, it's not bad. I could live with it. I'll tell you what, Matt, I was at a charity golf function when you put this list together, so you you did most of this uh, heavy lifting. Well, not, let's not lie. You did all of the heavy lifting yourself, and uh, I think you did a great job with it. Thank you. Fittingly, after, after my comment about the draft guide heavy lifting, I actually did some heavy lifting, so I feel better about where we landed here. 
Yeah, absolutely. And someone's got to do some heavy lifting on a podcast about players who sit out a lot of games. Well, yeah. Okay, well, with the uh, with the season possibly just like seven, eight weeks away, we might be back to two-week podcast before we know it. Yep. In the meantime, we are on Tuesdays only. We'll be back with some more proposed rosters, including the all-old guy team, which I'm looking forward to. We also are going to, as I said, cover the NBA draft some, free agency a lot ahead in the upcoming weeks. So stay with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We would appreciate that. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We'll see you next week. All right. See you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.